Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On today's episode, Brandon interviews Laura Ann Heaton Gray, a screenwriter, producer, director, actor, and motivational speaker who reveals tons of excellent tips for getting started in and staying in the film industry. Hey, everybody out there in Theophany Media, Creatively Christian Land. This is Brandon, uh, your anchor uh, podcast host, and I am super, super excited to be back with another guest on the Creatively Christian podcast. It's Miss Laura Ann Heaton Gray. Hello, Laura Ann. Come on down. Hey, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you are most welcome. Most welcome. We're super glad you're on the show, and I would love to introduce you to everybody by reading your bio that you so gracefully sent over. So let's learn a little bit about you. So Laura Ann Heaton Gray is a director, producer, screenwriter, actor, and motivational speaker working in the faith-based film industry since 2012. She's been blessed to produce several award-winning films and nominated for Filmmaker of the Year with the International Christian Film Festival in 2020 and 2021. Currently, she is based in Huntsville, Alabama, where she owns and operates Excelsior Studios, a faith-based production company providing commercial advertising to businesses and corporations in North Alabama, as well as film productions, both large and small. Well, it sounds like you're a busy lady. <laughs> just a little, just a little. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how you wandered into this unique little patch of the Christian entertainment industry. I mean, it's kind of, it's not something that everybody knows a lot about. So how did you kind of stumble into this world? Well, um, before getting into film, I was in performance. I grew up in Atlanta. I did acting training with Alliance Theater. I was a professional dancer with the Georgia Ballet. Um, I took vocal training. And so all of that work primarily was on stage. And then the opportunity came to uh, be a part of a pilot for Lifetime and that was my first introduction to film and I absolutely fell in love with it and got involved more as talent um but I was on set one day and I it was like God literally just like he was like you need to be doing this I'm like I don't know how to do this (laughs) um and you know I have quite the assorted past I've probably lived five lives um, in this lifetime uh, worth of you know just different traumas and and hurts and and different things that you know events in my life that have happened to me and it was like God was saying you need to use these things that you have to write stories that can help other people and bring inspiration to other people and bring the gospel to people who haven't heard it. And so I decided to start screenwriting. And so I just studied the art of screenwriting. I gained a few mentors that were uh, working screenwriters who, you know, had projects that were being filmed and produced and, you know, just learned. I watched every YouTube video there was and every book that I could get my hand on as far as screenwriting and just, you know, learning that craft. 
And so the time came where I had a product that I thought, okay, I, I think I'd like to produce this. And um, I reached out to some of those people. I was like, okay, so how do I get this produced? You know, do I sell it? What do I do? Right. And they were like, why don't you produce it yourself? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> there again. Um, and so here I go again, just studying the craft of how to produce film from A to Z. And it became something that was not only interesting to me, but I realized that it was my call on my life was to produce, direct, and, you know, write these stories that can help other people and help other people to, um, you know, find the gospel, find real love and find hope through some of the more tragic stories. And it, God has just been so amazing and opened so many doors that I never could have imagined, you know, would open to me. And, um, you know, with the International Christian Film Festival, that was one of those things that was mind boggling to me because, you know, typically you submit a film um, to the festival and I have never submitted a film to the International Christian Film Festival. And here I am two years in a row being nominated as filmmaker of the year. And so that, that was really crazy amazing to happen for me and it helped to open a lot of doors to build relationships with other people in the industry that I can learn from and network with and the rest is history <laughs> well and also I would imagine those nominations come with a certain measure of confirmation right it's like okay you know, dad told me to go do this and I stepped out on faith. I went and did it. And now I got these amazing nominations that I would have never expected to have gotten. And so it's, right. kind of, it's good to get that kind of like, okay, dad's letting me know I'm doing the right thing. I'm going in the right direction. So that that's huge as well. And there's so many things, Lauren, to unpack in that answer. I would love to kind of tease some of those out. So one of the things that I'm a big proponent of is if you don't know it, go learn it. Right. And that's right. one of the things that I often tell, um, you know, college folks and young folks that are in the industry, both Christians and non-Christians, but especially Christians, because God has placed gifts in us. But those gifts might not be refined yet. Right. They may be rough, raw ore that we've got to go through that smelting process and refine and make them really, really good. So talk a little bit about, um, if you will, just kind of expand a little bit on what is it about Laura Ann that, that makes her want to grab the bull by the horns and go learn something that you don't know? Because I think that's a big point for a lot of people. There's this kind of barrier. Uh, for some people, it's fear. For some people, it's, you know, wondering if, um, if they can learn it or if they will be able to do it. So talk a little bit about what is it that makes you go, no, I think I can, I think I'm going to go learn that. I'm going to go figure it out on my own. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it, it's one of those, my personality is one of those where if it's something that I feel I'm supposed to do, I'm going to do everything within my power to figure that out. And I've always been very strong-willed personality my entire life. Um, and so when I, you know, had this call on my life, I, I was not going to give up um, just because, 
it didn't seem like, you know, I was getting enough help or, or whatever. I know early on, which, you know, I didn't disclose before, um, I was very discouraged early on because when I first started back in 2012, being a woman in this industry is very hard. Um, you get, you know, when you want to approach someone and be like, Hey, I've got this project. It's great. would love to share it with you. would love to figure out how, you know, we might could work together and, and all of that, you know, I, people, when I tell this story, they're like, was it really like that? I mean, I don't believe that, but <laughs> truly I was looked down upon a lot. Like the little woman who's so cute thinking that she can just walk into this industry and make a difference and approach me. Um, I got that a lot. Wow. I think that was part of the drive for me was to show, okay, well, if God's not going to use you, then I'm going to do whatever it is that he puts in front of me to do it. And what he put in front of me was the willpower to not give up. Um, that I guess has always been instilled in me because I, I just really felt like this is really what I'm supposed to be doing and whether anyone helps me or not, I'm going to do it. And awesome. so I'm going to do the work that I've been called to do and make sure that I do it justice. I don't want to come into this ministry and do poor work. I want to make sure that I know every in and out that I need to know in order to give a quality product to reach someone else. And that's one of the biggest things when we first started was faith-based films were pretty low quality. A lot of them were films that, you know, churches made to show their church. They, they didn't really have the purpose of being, a ministry tool to reach the lost. It was mainly about discipleship or just something interesting to do in house type mm -hmm. thing. And the products that you saw, you know, the camera quality was not good. Sound quality was not good. And a lot of people got really turned off by the fact that the quality wasn't good to these films. Right. And so then you start having, you know, pops up of, of people like the Kendrick brothers um, who started, you know, making more quality um, and raising the bar for the rest of us to step up and realize that, yes, we can create quality work if we just get the resources to do so. And that's another, you know, obstacle in all of it is that faith-based films, it's really hard to get that funding to produce those projects. Um, you can't really go to the big, you know, investors in film because they're like, oh, this is a Christian film. I'm good. You know, we're, we're all right. <laughs> um, and so it, it's a challenge being able to do that, but I just didn't give up. I was, you know, posting every single day on my Facebook profile, you know, this project, and this is why you want to be a part of it. I, you know, sought out every resource and we found churches that fed us. We found crew that just wanted to be a part of it and was willing to 
um, donate their time and, and all of that. We found a food bank that donated all of our crafty. Wow. And so, yeah, God just kind of pulled everybody together for that first project to make sure that it, it happened. Um, that first project ended up ending very badly, actually, because um, the production company that we reached out to that was here in Huntsville, I was living in Muscle Shoals, Alabama at the time, but that company was here in Huntsville and they advertised themselves as Christian company and it ended up being further from the truth and they stole my, my project. Um, I didn't even get writing credit, uh, even though I wrote it. Um, and so, you know, it, it has not been an easy path, but a, a couple of years ago, I actually won an award that I was not expecting again, that came from a festival. And I found out that I won it because I was tagged online from the festival and it was the overcomer award. Mm. And I had never even heard of this festival before. I barely was, barely was acquaintances with some of the people that were involved in that festival. And so, you know, there again, that was just confirmation for me that, you know, keep going, keep pushing, you know, God saying, I've got this, don't give up. People are seeing what you're doing. I see what you're doing and I see, you know, the faith that you have to keep moving, knowing that I am going to take care of all of this and what's meant to be will be. And so, you know, I don't know if that answers your question yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and gives me lots more questions as well. <laughs> I think we're going to have to schedule another interview, but because uh, <laughs> uh, there's so much to unpack again. So, so, you know, you're talking about grinding it out, right? Getting in there and just grinding it out, doing the hard work. And so many people have this conception of the film industry and whether it's Christian or secular, that it's just this magical world, right? You enter into it and everything is easy and, you know, money just flows, you know, uh, you know, like, like it, like it rains in the South every afternoon, it just f falls from the sky, but it doesn't. So talk a little bit about the realities, right. Of getting in there and grinding it out. And I want to hear some really good details. Like, you know, tell me about those early morning calls, right. And, the late nights up working script and you got to be on set the next morning. So let our audience know that, you know, give them some really good details because I think one of the, the, the challenges that we have is, is kind of level setting and giving people a reality check and that it's not this magical realm. It's really, really hard work making films. So talk a little bit about that if you could. Oh yeah, definitely. So whether I'm working on my own set or I'm working for somebody else, um, I work for a few other companies as well. Um, I've worked for ABC, I've worked for Lifetime, I've worked for um, AMC and then a few other uh, films. And the, the grind is, is a real thing. You are looking at 12 hour days minimum, especially if you are above the line, like you're a producer, a director, um, a first AD, a script supervisor. Um, it, it, what you see on camera is only a, this much of the effort that goes into making sure that what you see on camera is what's supposed to be there. There is 
so many people working in the background to do their jobs, to make sure that, you know, the quality is there and that, you know, the director's vision is seen. And, you know, a lot of those hours that are spent not on set, those are unpaid hours, Um, but it's still work that you got to get done. You know, like as a script supervisor, my day, maybe a 12 hour day on set, but once that day is over, I still have probably hours of reports for that day. Uh, as a first AD, same story. Um, when that day's over, if I didn't have time to, while filming was happening, I still have to create the call sheets for the next day. So I have to call the talent that's the next day to confirm that they got their call sheet and their email and know what time they're supposed to arrive tomorrow. I still have to make sure that, you know, transportation is going to pick up XYZ A-listers at this hotel at this time, you know, all of that. Um, so it, it, if you love to sleep, do not get into the film industry uh, because sleep will become non-existent. Uh, you may, if you're working on a project anyway, um, you may get somewhere between five and six hours of sleep maximum and that's only if you're diligent and making sure that that happens because a lot of times you're so pumped up from the day and you just finished and you've still done all this work and so by the time you finish all of that well only then is that me time so you take you know that time in the middle of the night to turn on your favorite show or um or take a shower (laughs) right grab some ice cream or, or you know something from the refrigerator and just veg and yeah. by the time you do that you know you set your alarm for 5 a.m <laughs> and so which is in 45 minutes okay great <laughs> right and there's very many times especially if i'm traveling for film i'm staying in a hotel i really don't sleep very well in hotels i just don't and so there are those times where it gets to be like three o'clock and i'm like I might as well stay awake because I'm one of those people where if I go to sleep, I'm out, right. I'm done. Right. Uh, if I don't have at least four hours. And so, um, yeah, sleep, sleep that, what is sleep? I don't know what sleep is, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's not an easy business. It's hard to get into on a certain level. Um, your best bet, if you are somebody who has no experience in film, but you want to get into film is to come in as a production assistant, because then it's, it's hard labor. Um, you know, you are carrying around everything. You're running errands, you are, you know, packing and unpacking trucks and driving, um, people, places, picking up talent, uh, going shopping, all of that kind of stuff but it gives you a very good, well-rounded exterior view of everything that's happening. Yeah, um, everything that has to happen, right? You know, all the parts and pieces that have to happen in order mm-hmm. to make the film a thing. And that's, that's really important to understand too, the whole picture. Right, definitely. I've met a lot of directors who, um, you know, have their first projects and they've never done anything. And so they don't know the etiquette. They don't know, you know, protocols. They don't know safety. They don't know anything. 
and they have a really hard time because they did not grow up mm. in the industry and, and learn those nuts and bolts before flying the kite. Mm. And so um, I would, you know, suggest anybody, even if you think that you are the next biggest director to ever walk the earth, please go be a PA for mm-hmm. even a day. <laughs> um, because it, it's really important that you learn all of the stuff that goes behind the scenes and there are lots of places where you can go P- be a PA. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of opportunities for that. So it's not hard to find a chance to go. Mm-hmm. Do that. So talk a little bit about, if you will, you mentioned early on in, when the interview started about, you know, you had some mentors, you found some mentors and they were really helpful for you as you began uh, your journey. So talk a little bit about number one, how do you, how do you find and connect with a potential mentor? But more importantly, how do you vet a mentor, right? Because there are some folks out there that'll try to tell you what to do and it's probably not the best way to go. So do you have any advice for our listeners and viewers about those couple of things? Yeah, one of the first people that I met in the industry um, online, you know, being in Alabama, there aren't that many people, especially Muscle Shoals, were were the time there was nobody who really knew anything about film and so the my only resource was online like facebook and so i went and i joined a lot of like film groups on facebook um particularly you know faith-based and christian ones and one of the first connections that i made you know, on the outside, it looked like they had this pretty picture of a production company. They were a working production company producing films and all of that. And so I, I built a relationship with, with these people only to find out that, you know, they hadn't produced anything in like 10 years. And what they sent me, I was like, Okay, so one of the the biggest resources outside the Facebook group is when you start seeing, you know, the same people who are posting over and over again about their projects, they're casting this, here's, you know, the link to their film they just produced, all of that, go check out their IMDb, make sure that they are who they say they are, and they have the credentials that they say they do, and they have the experience that they say they do. And if they do go follow their work, you know, study it, see what they have done. And you can judge from that. Is this a person that I can learn from, or is it not someone I can learn from because their, you know, their picture doesn't match, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I had to learn that really quickly is, you know, to do your research on the people that are in your industry so that, you know, who those people are you can go to if you have questions or you you know want to reach out and be like hey i'd love to work with you on your next project even if just to shadow you um because i know there's a lot of directors and producers and screenwriters and uh script supervisors um they do shadowing i've been on several major movie sets recently where you know there's people who paid their own way to go and shadow under these people and it's better in my opinion than going to film school because film 
school really is very one-minded and a lot of times you don't even pick up a camera for the first time until like your senior year and um if if you can find those opportunities to shadow under people then you're actually in the environment Mm -hmm. you are learning from the people as they're doing the job and they are helping you to understand why they do what they do and you're getting that hands-on experience versus sitting in a classroom studying about all this stuff that you may or may not want to do so it's very focused if you know that you want to be a a script supervisor for example you don't have to worry about going and studying all the camera stuff or the producing stuff and all of that you get that hands-on experience just for that job and you're shadowing you're paying your own way but it's way cheaper than going to film school right but you're getting that hand on so that's my advice is you know check the people out study their work try to get on set with them um even if you have to pay your own way to to get there and not be paid by set to shadow them but it's it's definitely a really good journey to make and you learn a lot and you build a lot of relationships with people prior Mm -hmm. to you know actually working so then once you have shadowed you know a few times and you know the business and you know the job then those people when other people that may have already been you know in line can't do something because they're on another set they're going to call you because they built a relationship with you already and they know that you have been training. And so that that's a really good journey to make. Well, and they also know you're motivated, right? Someone right. who's going to pay out of their own pocket to come and learn under someone, they're going to remember that. They're going to like, Hey, that person is really motivated. And if, and if you comport yourself well, and you know, you're able to do a good job and you ask smart questions and you take notes and you listen to the feedback that you give, then, that's going to stick in that person's mind, whether it's a director or a script supervisor or what have you. Yeah. And they're, they need, they need good helpers too. Usually they're going to remember that. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. I just finished a film a couple months ago with David Lipper in Mississippi and you know, the majority of them came out of, of California, but there was this one girl who she drove all the way. Wow. California to be here and she was shadowing under the dp mm-hmm. and she was amazing and built relationships with people and um well no she wasn't from california she's from somewhere else but anyway she built relationships with people on that set to where now there's a group of them going to now move in together in california <laughs> to get a start in the industry oh. they've built the relationships with you know, a lot of the key people. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing happens. And yeah. it's, I tell people all the time, it's about the relationships that you build. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So kind of, you know, kind of expand on that a little bit. You're, you're building relationships, right? You're trying to work. We understand that every act of creation is also fundamentally an act of commerce as well. Somebody's paying for this. And you have experience working both in the faith and the secular space. So as we're talking about building relationships and comporting ourselves a certain way, talk about the challenges of standing firm on what you believe in the midst of that situation, right? You may not be working on a faith-based film. You may be working on something that's secular. 
How do you handle that? What's some practical advice from someone who's been there? I, people in the film industry are accustomed to a certain language. They have, most of them, if on the bigger projects that I'm working on, have been in this industry for years and they don't know any better. And so it, it's very common that, you know, every other word out of their mouth is not a word that I would personally ever say, or, you know, especially in front of my children or my pastor or something like that. And so it can be challenging at times to um, be in an atmosphere where people are not living um, the same life. They're not on the same journey that you are on and seeking, you know, that relationship with God. But this is where I come from with all of it is I'm not going to condone it in any way um, or partake in it in any way. But I'm also not going to outwardly judge them or call them out or anything like that. Now, if they do say GD, um, I am known to be like, "Mm, no, not that one. Um, You can say whatever you want to around me, but that one, don't don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) and um but i i've had to learn that i'm a you know and the bible says that we are the light of the world Mm -hmm. and if we can make a difference on people's lives in order to make them rethink some of those words that they say Mm -hmm. then we're making a difference and planting a seed you know, we're later in life, they'll be like, well, you know, why was I saying that? And, you know, is there a reason why I shouldn't say that or whatever? And so I think that it's important for us, you know, as Jesus did to be among the people who are not believers, because if I'm not there on set with them, what other example are they going to be given? That's right. That's the right. same one they're already living and that makes no difference to them right. and so i like i said i you know i don't judge i don't say anything about their way of life you know if they're going out partying afterwards i you know respectfully decline you know i need my sleep or i still have paperwork or whatever um and you know it makes it easier that way but while i'm there on set i just make sure that i'm never bringing myself down to um ruin my witness in any way Mm -hmm. so that you know people say she's different right and i think that's the thing is that oftentimes by not partaking or by having a clear line things you won't do or say people were going to come and ask, you know, Hey, why, why aren't you going out with everybody? You know, and that gives you an opportunity to say, well, it's because of what I believe. And this is what I believe. So it gives you the, it kind of opens the door for you to, you know, um, speak the truth in love and maybe witness a little bit. So I think that's a, I think that's a great way to go. So, yes, those were the words I was searching for. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're kind of wrapping up here. We're kind of uh, running out of time. We certainly have more questions. So I'd love for you to consider coming back on at some point. We'll have a part two. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that'd be great. But I would love to give you an opportunity if there's anything you're working on that's just recently come out you'd like to talk about, or maybe something you'd like to tease us with, or 
just let people know where they can engage with you on social media. If you're a social media kind of gal, sounds like you are at least on Facebook. So just let everybody know where, um, what you got going on if you want and where they can reach out. Okay. Well, there's a lot actually going on right now. So uh, one, one, uh, during the, when the quarantine first happened, uh, 24 Flicks, which is a faith-based production company, uh, they sponsored an event called uh, the Quarantine Film Festival. Um, and we entered into that festival and you had like a month to write a script, shoot it and all of that, but you had to be quarantined. And so we produced a film called The First 30 Days and we actually won the best quarantine film. And life happened and and all of that kind of stuff and so we did not get around to producing the actual feature film that everyone was begging for we are now casting for that feature film called the first 30 days it's very unique in that you film yourself because it is a found footage film um, about the first 30 days after the rapture you need a crazy bearded guy because I'm totally up for that part. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Definitely. <laughs> um, also, uh, we have another project called Stalling Seasons with String, and right as COVID was hitting, we shot the teaser for that, and we're about to launch our crowdfunding platform for that. Stalling Seasons with String has a Facebook page, so head over there and like that page for updates on how you know, you can contribute and help us to uh, get greenlit to produce the feature film for that as well. You can find me on Facebook, Laura Ann Heaton Gray. I also have a Facebook page, Laura Ann Heaton Gray, Christian motivational speaker. I've been doing a lot of um, motivational speaking um, and also doing videos as well. And then on TikTok, I'm musically Laura Ann. Um, on there, I have like 50,000 followers, 1.9 million likes on that page. Um, and so, yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miss Laura Ann Heaton Gray. And thank you for being on the podcast today. I would love to close this out uh, by going and talking to dad. You, know, you want to join me in prayer? Definitely. All right, let's do it. Hi, King of Heaven. We just come before you, Father, thanking you so much. I uh, praise you, Father, for. Uh, this day that you've given us, this opportunity for Lauren and I to reconnect and to chat a little bit more. Father, thank you so much for bringing her into, into my life and for getting to know her more today over this podcast. I just pray your blessings on her and on the work of her hands, on all that she's uh, setting her mind in her, in her hand to, Father. I pray that you will be in the midst of it, that she will um, be obedient to your will and to your word and continue to shine a light for you. Uh, in these spaces in the film industry where not a lot of light often gets to go. So I just pray that you embolden her and give her peace and uh, help her to stand str- strong and firm on, on your word and on your will. And Father, I pray for all of our listeners today who are um, watching or listening online. I just pray that they've been inspired and that they've been uh, touched today to, um, to try something new, to, to break out of the, the routine of the mundane and to follow their giftings, Father, to hone their skills that you have um, placed inside them and to to make themselves uh, the instruments of your will uh, so that they can uh, shout and announce your glory in the world. Uh, And Father, we pray that as well for for myself and for Brainy Pixel 
and, uh, and for Theophany Media. We just thank you so much for this time again and being sovereign over this technology and keeping us connected. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Again, Laurieann, thank you so much for being on. And um, I, I really do. I'm going to try out for the crazy bearded man. So I'm coming. Just prepare yourself. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, gang. And out there uh, online, uh, definitely, if you're listening to us, like us and uh, spread the word, share the podcast. Um, wherever you're listening to podcasts, or if you're watching us on YouTube, definitely share the links to all your friends. Uh, we pray and we hope that this has helped you some today. Uh, and we ask that you keep on being creative for Christ. So this is Brandon and Laura Ann signing off for today for Theophany Media's Creatively Christian Podcast. You guys be blessed. Thanks so much for listening today. To get all the tips, links, and resources that were mentioned in this episode, be sure and visit our website, theophanymedia.com forward slash gray. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music. And Jake Dobrins produces and edits the show.